Welcome to The Computer is Your Redacted, where you can listen as four experts in artificial intelligence, technology, and culture play the classic role-playing game Paranoia and navigate a horrible and occasionally hilarious dystopia. Remember, everything is improvised, and only our players decide where the story goes next. Welcome to Alpha Complex. Alpha Complex is maintained by the all-powerful computer. And the computer is your redactor. And remember, fun is mandatory. We have brought together four incredible people exploring where technology and culture are going. We believe that play and improvisation are opportunities to resist the automation and homogenization of culture. And so, we have put them in a game set in a future world where things have gone badly. And now, a sneak peek of episode two. <laughs> I think I think she needs some hot brown beverage yeah. to to rehydrate. And she's not going to be worried about it being the unsanctioned kind. So, so we let her suck on your mop. <laughs> yes. Is this the person we have to kill? We don't know yet. In episode one, our players went on their first mission, uncovered the source of contamination in the hot brown beverage, and caused a deranged laundry bot to explode. So. You are surrounded by wreckage of your battle with the hot brown beverage bot. As you make your way back toward the door, you notice that the defeated robot smashed open a segment of the wall. You hear a faint buzzing sound. Do you check it out? Ian, you like buzzing sounds, like right? Oh, I love a good buzzing sound. Those are my favorite sounds. As Ian approaches, you see many, many small robots. Thousands more crawl about inside the wall, and from the container spills a golden oil. Ian, ever impulsive, touches the sticky substance and brings it to his lips. There is a moment of puzzlement, and the last thing you see before the computer renders you unconscious is a warm smile of surprise. Welcome back, and let's reintroduce our players. My name is Ian Garrett. I am an associate professor of ecological design for performance at York University. My name is Yasmina Matala. I am an artist and art worker. My name is Martin. I'm some mixture of a strategist, a researcher, and a designer. I'm Catherine Stinson. I am an assistant professor at Queen's University. My position is joint between the School of Computing and the Philosophy Department. Episode 2, A Lot of Tiny Robots. In this episode, our troubleshooters are caught in a political struggle among the high programmers and the fate of the community of tiny robots is in their hands. 
Welcome to Alpha Complex. Alpha Complex is a vast bunker city built to protect the human race. That's you from a world-shaking disaster caused by Redacted until the planet is safe again. Alpha Complex is maintained by the all-powerful computer. And the computer is your Redacted. You awaken in a room. Most of the rooms are quite similar to each other, so this very well could be the room you woke up in in the last episode, or could be a completely different room with the same beige walls, poorly constructed table, uncomfortable chairs, and me, your guide, staring at my hand and looking bored. Uh, welcome back. Congratulations on ending Sector Lead Fleck's reign of terror. All hot brown beverage has been returned to the original recipe, and Sector FEB is now under new management. Silence. Through your human clumsiness and penchant for violence, you seem to have inadvertently discovered the source of the change in the flavor of the brown beverage. Small, treasonous robots had hidden themselves behind a wall and produced some unsanctioned ingredient that the sector began including in their formula. Your next mission is to discover the source of these small robots, uncover who has programmed them, and end both their manufacturer and their manufacturer. Any questions? Excellent. You know the drill at this point. Head in the tube, needle in the neck, a bit of a nap, and you will awaken back in Sector FEB. The Sector will be full of new faces, and they will offer you their full support in your mission. Does anyone know what the mission is? Well, we're supposed to, to figure out the source of the... The robots, the little robots that didn't seem that they were mm. made by the yeah. computer. And deal with whoever... Programmed it. Program them. Hmm. I did grab some of the old hot brown liquid in a mop. So I want to put out that that might be useful to figuring something out. Someone had to program the bots, right? 100%. So yeah. if we know who the programmer is, I am interested in if he knows a little bit more about the history of the computer that we might not know of. Well, if the bots have any survival instinct at all, they might be willing to betray their programmer. So why don't we just start killing them? <laughs> I, I don't see why not. I mean, do we need to... Are they in communication? Are there others? These bots are a community of sorts, so they probably don't want to sacrifice each other. I could intimidate them. Yeah, so I think we should just really just start mowing them down until I somebody breaks. I feel like maybe mowing them down would cut off the network for us, and it would just cut off the one lead we have. I think we should reprogram, reprogram one of them to be like a double agent, so that we can. That's not a bad idea. Find out. I think that's they do have a bit of a hive talk. mind thing going on. I mean, that's, they that's behave what it like these, like. right? Yeah. So, who's got the best programming? Is that even a skill? I'm a really good engineer. Oh. I have two. I'm a I'm a plus one engineer. You've got a plus two program. Oh, well, all right. So. I, I think that we need to go with this reprogramming plan. What if we program one to program another one? 
And the program is to self-replicate. Okay. Reprogramming. So essentially, we can program one, they'll all reprogram themselves. To do what? To uh, get out of our way. But are we trying to figure out we're their trying, source? <laughs> we're trying to find out the programmer. How is that useful for I us? I don't know. Like, just to hide better? <laughs> That's, like, just very to counterproductive <laughs> to this mission. I do have the hot brown beverage. Exactly. That, from the mob. That, from the mob, which was the enhanced. Okay. Yeah, you keep mentioning that. We, we know. <laughs> I just say it was I just say it was a good idea. Chapter one: An unnecessary amputation. Well, you awaken back in Sector FEB. Again, you are on the floor. Your companions are piled around you. Standing two meters away are eight or nine low-status clones. And although the computer assured you the sector is under new management, the faces are very familiar. And once again, their arms are raised and they look at you with deep smiles. Can I use one of those clones, take it apart, and add one of their parts to me? Because I'm injured? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Um, what, what stats would you like to use for that? Blood stew, engineer, and brains. Uh, okay, so yeah, you successfully hold down the uh, clone and are beginning to operate, I'm not sure, using what, the laser pistol probably, in probably. a very low setting, um, and you now have a human foot. And now I put it on me, and now I am not injured anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the science here is slightly flawed, um, so you, you can't quite figure out how to reattach another person's foot to your Can own. I step in with some science? Uh, yeah, I think n combined your science is inadequate to be able to uh, reattach wow. a foot, but you do have a foot now. Okay, thank yep. you. I'll keep the foot with me. Excellent. <laughs> and they're slightly irritated. So as you move through, you also notice that one of the clones is chewing on something. Ask them to spit. Spits. What is the thing? It's a, kind of a mangled up thing. It might have been one of the little bots, but it's been chewed on pretty well. Can I use my science to examine it to figure out what this thing is? Yeah, sure. What's your science? Uh, science plus four, brains one, so five minus one, I'm hurt. So four. So, four. <laughs> so you are absolutely sure that you know exactly what's going on, and you're just about to tell everyone else when suddenly the memory is erased from your mind. The computer has intervened, and you lose a moxie as a result. I'm going to do it again. I forgot that I did it. Can I do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, this, is, this seems like a good idea. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. Um, and this time the computer's not paying attention. Uh, it is organic. I, I am uh, disturbed, perplexed by my, uh, my colleague's use of this infrared clone. I, I would like to ask one of the non-injured clones where, um, where that... Uh, organic matter came from. We used to get joy from the hot brown beverage, but someone ended that. And so we sometimes chew on the small robots, and, and although it doesn't taste quite the same, it, it makes the sadness go away. If you want to find where they come from, then, then you may find the one who comes when we sleep. Like, are we talking about a person here? Are we talking about... Sometimes when we sleep, we go to bed uh, 10 and we wake up 8. Um, and so we don't, we don't know, but someone comes uh, in the night and, and, and some of us don't, don't come back. Oh, that sounds a little terrifying. It is not particularly restful, no. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would be willing to help us with if we could promise 
better sleep. Oh, absolutely, yes. Well, I, I, I doubt we have much that you need. We have mops. I'll take a mop. <laughs> well, when you bring us the one who takes us in a sleep, we will give you many mops. And then we will be punished by the computer, but it will be worth it. The thing is that I, I need the mop in order to bring the one to you. Oh, uh, do you promise to, to, to bring I the promise, one? and I am always truthful. Yes, here, have a mop. How long till you guys go to sleep? Um, we are told when to sleep. There is a low whistling sound, and we sleep for the duration of that whistling sound. Yes, very much like that. Thank you. Surprisingly, the footless clone also falls asleep, which is remarkable, really. Okay, so you're in a room of sleeping clones, one with one foot. Stand we await. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. cut uh, off a foot, the other foot, just, <laughs> just to balance, have some spare parts. All right, a little jealousy. Yes, you also now have a foot. Great. Yeah. But it, prob- probably prudent to just take one whole, not just piece, with a whole clone <laughs> with us. Just in, just in case the visitor I don't know. It comes. depends on what they do with it. Who knows what we'll need a whole clone for. But All right. I'll, 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 I'll carry. I pick up the clone through, like, just fling him over my, my back. We got two feet in okay. a clone. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lucky clone. And I'm foot. gonna grab a couple extra mops just in case they're asleep yeah. just now. before we go. You look quite a sight. Um, you have Art Dash Two carrying a clone, fireman style. You have two uh, human feet, uh, and you have an inordinate number of mops. Um, the manufacturing area is empty and silent. The remains of your previous battle have been completely cleared away, and you become curious about how much time has passed between your last mission and this moment. The hole in the wall created during your battle is still there, and the sound of buzzing can still be heard. Small shapes enter and exit the hole, and it appears that the box of tiny robots inside has grown bigger. I think we should put your hot brown beverage soaked mop in the hole and just see if we can Lure fish some out. Some out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take the mop, uh, uh, which is still soaked with the um, enhanced hot brown beverage, and I'm going to uh, uh, put it into the hole to try and lure some of them out. Yeah, several several attach themselves to it. I'm going to eat one. Friends, oh, I'm just we can, we can start a conversation. <laughs> Are you just going to shoot one? Well, yeah, but on a low setting. You said that there's yeah, yeah, various yeah. settings, so yeah. I'm going to zap it so that it just sort of like... Okay. Yeah. It's done. So it's yeah. done. There's Whoa. three, there's three For... settings. There's, there's kill, there's paper cups. Uh, no, there's four <laughs> settings. Um, there's ankles, and then there's, yeah, and then distracting uh, flying robots. So you, you miss... But you notice that when you shoot towards it, the laser goes through, and there's something on the other side of the box or container. Chapter 2. Inagata da Vida, honey. I'm going to slip into it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't constrain yourself. I'm going to remind you of the cravat. Because yeah. we've woken up again. I don't know if it's been restored from the last time. There is a narrow tunnel on the other side. Do you want to let them know about this? No, I'm just going to go and explore a little bit. Okay. So you, you notice that Cat-2 has gracefully slipped behind the box of small robots. I, I don't know how they would feel about the dark, but uh, I would like to fashion a lid uh, and threaten encasing them in this box. So you're covering... Covering. covering. Okay, excellent. Um, they do not like that, and uh, they begin to pursue you. Um, I use. 
<laughs> I'm going to use this opportunity to go the other direction so I can get around Excellent. R2 yeah. and follow I, Cat2 into I, the tunnel. Strangely, though, being robots, they seem to be slowing down. Yes, they do. I'm curious what kind of energy they need. Yeah, you actually don't know. What, what kind of, what fuels are robots? Uh, are do, little, do you want to do a science check? I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Yes. But I, I, science and brains. We could try. Science and brains is a minus three. Oh, this ought to be wildly entertaining. Uh, yeah, so you're pretty sure they feed on sadness. Oh. So these three are in a tunnel, and would you like to try to join them, Art Dash, too? If the tiny robots are sufficiently confused yeah. by my running in circles, then I will join them. I'm, I'm going to wake up the clone you're carrying. Oh. <laughs> I think he's going to be very <laughs> sad. <laughs> very <laughs> sad. That I, put, I put the clone down when I <laughs> ran away. Oh, that very, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. in that case, I'm going to wake up the clone. I'm going to shoot... Ian, but just on a low setting, just to make him sad, so that maybe that will feed the bees and oh, they won't be smart. so angry. That's smart. Okay, so violence plus guns. Two. So take a wound, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and he is sad. He is sad. And confused. And a little bit hurt. Maybe if I grab one of the small robots, or a few, and put them into the clone's mouth, that will wake up the clone. That will definitely wake up the clone, yes. So you stop momentarily, you manage to grab out of the air a few of the small robots, cram them into the mouth of the sleeping <laughs> infrared, who awakens and smiles, because smiles, this yeah. is in fact one of the most pleasurable activities that they engage in, is chewing on these There's small a certain robots. novelty to this, yes. Yeah. Um, and actually is attracting the attention of the small robots now, because your, your kidnapped clone is waving arms wildly and running around the room. Come on out of here. Hey, I was in there first. <laughs> I pushed right by So um, you become aware of a smell that's it's kind of sweet and sickly and painful. Painful in what way? It's difficult to breathe. I give him a little shove. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it moving. Keep it moving. So, uh, get out of the way. All right. That would be another wound for you, Ian. I'm dead. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you now have a... A, cl- a dead clone uh, in front of you <laughs> in the tunnel, and you wake up uh, back in the manufacturing area on the other side of the beehive again. So and now the- I'm Ian three. Ian dash three, yes. Ian dash three. I uh, put my cravat over my my mouth and nose because it smells kind of weird, and, and then I go into the room. Okay, so you'll keep pushing mm. Ian dash two's body ahead of you. It doesn't like disappear or anything. Oh, no, 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 no to- it's still there. Yeah. Okay. You could use my mop. Um, the other two, you're also noticing this sweet odor, and uh, it's also making you feel not great. Too bad you don't have a cravat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back down to the sector, and do you guys still have the feet? Yep. <laughs> you took yeah, feet with you, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to make their socks, and then I will make their socks into face masks. You, you could have washed these socks <laughs> first. <laughs> One foul smell on top of another. Yes. We blew up the laundry bot on the last mission. I turned it into everything that I could clean it out. The word we is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. I think it was Yaz Dash <laughs> Yeah, it was literally me. So, there are several turns and bends and a small drop that finds you in a pool of what you hope is water. 
Another hole opens up into a large space beyond. As you peer through the opening, you are shaken by an impossible sight. High above the floor, a translucent covering of plastic lets through a strange light with which you are completely unfamiliar. The room is vast. The ground looks soft and covered with small shapes, each a brilliant color. There are patches of pink and white in one corner. A kind of purple stretches along the far wall. There's green and red at your feet. There's a faint mist in the air, and it smells nothing of burnt plastic or oil. A narrow path snakes through the explosion of color, and along that path, moving at an alarming pace, is a giant robotic praying mantis. Though none of you know the word for such a creature. Its front two arms are razor-sharp scythes. It scurries on four legs and two wings adorn its back. Riding on the back of this strange creature is a disheveled human who seems to have grown three clones worth of hair. She appears to be dehydrated and is screaming something as the robot rushes toward you. Turning to each other, you notice that the heads-up display that normally follows your companions is gone. You are cut off from the computer. Chapter 3, Paradise Lost. <laughs> I, think, I think she needs some hot brown beverage yeah. to, to rehydrate. And she's not going to be worried about it being the unsanctioned kind, so. Is she the visitor? So we let her suck on your mop? <laughs> yes. Is this the person we have to kill? We don't know yet, but we want to find out. Shouldn't we just kill them and then... Anyways? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of my hook spa and uh, jump on the back of this winging beast and try and push our rider, the one, into the water. Oh, shockingly effective. So tell me what happens. Uh, so she falls into the water and is slightly disoriented, and I take out my mop. <laughs> I get the mop, my original mop that has been soaked this entire time and offer it to her, and she calms down so we can ask, what's up with the bees? All right. Robo-bees. My name is Merwif. Sorry about all the yelling. Uh, this thing is danged it loud. And so, yeah, just, just step off the grass, please. Uh, you're ruining my flowers. What's a flower? Aren't they pretty? I am very happy. I am getting a weird feeling of joy for the first time in a very long time. I ask, what happened to the clone bodies? Oh, that would be me. What did you do? The grass and the flowers, That's they need what I food. Thought. Yes. So, and they come back. It's okay. They come back. Are you a clone? Oh, I, I do not know. I've been here a very, very, very long time. I came through that duct there. I stumbled into this place. Have you heard about the computer? Oh, no, I know very much about the computer, yes. How did you escape it? For some reason, the computer cannot see in here. Are you here alone? I am, although it is strange. Recently, I have been receiving gifts of woody plants with pink flowers. You hear a scratching sound. And an eel-shaped battle bot slithers through the hole from which you entered and drops to the ground. It twitches momentarily, unable to maintain a connection to the computer. Then, its autonomous programming kicks in and it turns towards you. It squeals out, treason, and lunges through the grass and flowers toward the spot where you and Merwiff stand. What do you do? I'm going to use an adaptive resources 
card and request one of the feet. <laughs> and with the stunned eel, I, I'm going to smash it with these newly extremely sharp toenails and lop its head off. You're going to hit the, the eel with the foot from, that you cut off. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> violence in melee? Yes. Oh, oh no, minus one. And, and oh, any wounds? Minus three. Oh, this ought to work. I thought uh, I... Oh, no, yeah, oh, never mind. It's a oh, it's a card. Ah, uh, the card. Okay, yes. Well, it was the... Plus two. Resource was the uh, turning into... of a, The foot into a, a more dangerous foot. But then I suppose my action is still my action. Yeah, but I actually like the story. So we'll give you a plus two on that. And shockingly effective. You wound the eel with the severed foot. All right, Ian dash three. Shoot it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna shoot the eel. Oh yeah. my god. It is not moving, so guns plus violence. Uh, guns plus violence is four. All right. Oh, another wound. The eel is writhing and screaming. It's very unhappy. I get a wound? No, no, it It's wounded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would like to lower its hostility so that instead of hurting us, it just irritates us. Okay, good. The eel is no longer, it's more like a playful Labrador retriever, and it's uh, trying to jump on you. It could possibly hurt you, but it is quite wounded as well. I'm going to hmm. suggest that we all sort of band together all of our programming experience and try to reprogram this eel so that it will go back and report that there is nothing going on here. Everything's fine. Excellent. Who's got the high programming, if they agree? Not me. I have two. Yeah, you're not able to, to completely... Sorry, guys. Yeah. Instead, I ask Merith if she has a way to disconnect the robot from the computer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No problem at all. She turns to the giant uh, praying mantis, uh, says a few words. The praying mantis steps up, uh, cleaves the uh, creature in half, and now it is cut off from the computer. Chapter 4, The Meeting with Merwif. Merwif turns and says, I'm a little confused by what's happening right now. Um, thank you for visiting me, and I'm very, very sorry about this. You hear it, and the praying mantis, something is coming out of its chest. And you start to feel very... I put my cravat on. Very, <laughs> very sleepy. How does that get through our mask? What's that? You're not wearing the sock masks during the fight, are you? Why not? We are. We never Actually, you should be wearing a mask at all times in public. <laughs> I, this, is, this is a public health measure that we should all be familiar with. I personally with. learned to enjoy the, the smell. <laughs> so you are resisting to some degree this gas that's coming out the praying mantis notices this and then lifts up its giant scythes I if you have a off. choice here you I can take off. off your you're going to shoot alright so you hit it and one of the scythes is uh, shot completely off Merewith screams stop I get up on the praying mantis and try to appeal to Merith asking her to please not destroy us. Oh, okay, so you're gonna try to charm? Yes. Okay, so charm plus chutzpah? Um, that's three. Oh, quite effective, actually. She says, fine, 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 stop, but just please leave. Why do we need to leave? Because this is my home. I'm afraid we, we, we have to tell her that we're on a, a mission. We have to find the, uh, the programmer of these small bots, and, and in fact, as soon as we leave, we will have to report her existence to the computer. Well, I'm gonna use this card and it's like, I'm going first and I act immediately. I wanna interrupt your action 
and I think sacrifice you. Okay, and what do you want to do with this interruption? I want to shoot him. <laughs> I would like that. Please and thank you. Is this the first time you've used your laser pistol as well? It is, actually. All right, I'm really excited. So, so guns guns, and uh, and violence. Two. Two. Oh, this, this... It's not going to be good. This might not be good. Uh, sadly, yeah, that is a wound. Miss. Oh. I am displeased. <laughs> now that... He stopped his action. I'm going to take Merith aside and ask her to teach us how to create systems that stop the computer. I still want to know who's programming these bots. The little there's tiny no one, bots? Yeah, if there's no one. No one. Is it Merith? Merith. So she, she stops his. They are not bots. They are alive like you. And all I'm trying to do is to ensure that life can come back to Alpha Complex. And all I ask is, please, leave me to my work. How is she supposed to be the only one who's doing the work? Why can't we not help her? Well, someone is helping me. You can help me. But I need you to leave. The computer knows we are here. It sent its eel. I'm going to take the scythe. I cut the, go back into the... Whatchamahoosie. Whatchamahoosie. The duck. Yeah. My favorite thing. Whatchamahoosie. Cut the box free bring it back, place it in the room, and then leave, seal everything back up. So he disappears down the vent. He's got his mask on, so he's safe from the gas. It'll be a turn at least. Cold realization washes over me that all three of my compatriots are treasonous and should die. I think they've forgotten uh, the mission entirely and have adopted a new one that I'm unfamiliar with. Hmm. Merewiff looks around at the chaos. She says, ah, this is why I have to stay apart from your world. I'm so very, very sorry to do this again. (laughs) Come on, Merewiff. She has a lot of free time. She reaches over, grabs something out of the body of the mantis. Oh, it's not dead, but missing one of its scythes. She releases. There's a noise, a bright flashing light, and you lose consciousness. I'm in the duct, right? You are in the duct. (laughs) Yep. She doesn't want to see you fighting against each other and drawing the attention of the computer to her. Am I back in? You are now back with the hive. I'm going to push the hive into the duct. Yep. Seal it up with my gun set to foot. Foot. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like the one that does the cutting. All right. And so you're leaving the three of them in there? Yes. You awaken in a room. The voice of the computer is already speaking as you become aware of your surroundings. Clarify the events in Sector FEB. We have been unable to access your optical recordings. I don't remember anything. And that's my story. I'm going to say we found where it was coming from and sealed up the hole. Yeah, everything was very ordinary. And our three, I think you had hit your head, so you might be experiencing some mixed memories? Well, he won't have any memories of what happened inside the garden. At all? Yeah. So I don't remember anything. Yeah, Ian-3 is the only one who actually knows what happened. I'll just say, I found the bots, the little flying bots. I destroyed them. Good job, team. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, that was great effort. So, the computer seems satisfied with your story, but you are left with more questions than answers. Who was Merwith's unknown benefactor? 
Why must you continue to carry around so many mops? <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I'm the only one who survived. <laughs> I was already on Clone 3. That's true. So, got the job done. Chapter 5. What the hell is going on? Our players gather after their harrowing experiences and plan for what comes next. I just really think that we should all try to kill this computer, and I don't feel the necessary support in order to do such a thing. <laughs> Listen, I killed my parents <laughs> to I killed my join for the computer. That's join true. the ranks of the troubleshooters, but, and, and, but I, and I'm committed. I am not in a secret society that agrees with you. Why, why do you want to destroy the computer? I, I mean, don't we need the computer? I think you're taking too much risk with all of humanity's lives. But I feel like Mayweth has proven that she has lived without the computer, so we have evidence that exists that there is no need for the computer. If we have evidence that exists that there is no need for the computer, why do we need the computer? I think if we had another like benevolent and intelligent force that was directing society that wasn't the computer, then you know all of you could live very happily under my power. Slowly <laughs> introducing God. I don't know. I think that's it. Maybe, maybe you just need to correct the computer. I think you're underestimating what it means to have lived with a computer for so many hundreds of years. If you take it away, you just think people are going to be able to function together. It will be chaos. Feel morally conflicted with this coming out of my own mouth, but character wise. Maybe there's just too many, you know, not computer. Maybe the computer is so burdened with our lives that if we allow him to rest or allow the computer to rest, it will be a much more, a kinder fate to the computer and it will give us a little bit more choice. So, so you, you are, you're calling death rest? Yes. Okay, a long, long rest. Maybe we it could is a put it into cryogenic rest. Can we reprogram the computer? Can we just back it up? We can let it rest, and then we can reprogram it to something that allows us a little bit more leeway into the lives we are leading. So we do not become may with, but in the same breath, we do not stay ourselves. But if you reprogram the computer, isn't that a way of killing the computer? Is it really the same computer? I feel After like reprogramming because it has gotten to a point that it is harmful to itself I, and I think, us. I think you're a genocidal maniac. <laughs> as soon as I'm you, not the one who killed my parents. <laughs> as, as, as soon as you remove the computer, people will no longer be able to function and may uh, quickly or certainly slowly die. Well, when I say like it feels like when I when I'm when we're saying let's reprogram it, it's like. Let's reform a broken system. It's not working. Or the other suggestion that came out of the nihilistic impulse of the character is the system is just overburdened, becomes an argument around like overpopulation, which is moralistically problematic to talk about overpopulation because then you have to choose which population is over. Reprogramming the system allows us a chance to build it in a much more effective, healthy way. It's like the computer 
is just us. We made the computer at, a, at some point, and now it is over capacity. I don't know. I don't think AI is at fault. I don't think AI is out to get us. I don't think AI is racist. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're racist, and we made racist programs. I think in such a problematic society, if you're taking these people and expecting us to create a better program after having lived this way for so long, I think you've, you've probably lost the ability to create a good program. So in, in that sense, you know, we've just lost the imagination or memory necessary to construct the computer in a way that would actually create the world that you're imagining. Why do you assume that creativity and imagination is something that we lose? And it's not just something that stays dormant until it is awakened? You always have the capacity, but our imaginations are sort of warped by our lived experience. So, you know, the realm of possible shifts. So the realm of possible in this society seems pretty towards the bleak. I feel like by that thought process that anyone who is born into a situation cannot ever leave a situation, and that's not true, right? We, we grow up in abusive systems, we grow up in terrible systems, and to say that we have no ability to leave them because we have not existed outside of them is false. Why reprogram rather than opening up this dome and going out into the light? Maywith wouldn't let us stay because Maywith was really protective over her space because we were effectively killing each other as we were doing this. And if we banded together instead of, you know, working against each other and trying to work against the computer, maybe we can have more space like Maywith's and she'd be much more likely to share because we're not going around creating conflict and killing each other. Yeah, so like we go back in and we we try to start some kind of new world from from that starting point without the computer. And stay there forever with Maywith, who doesn't want us there. Who's programming this computer? The high programmers. The high programmers. What makes them the high programmers? Are they rising from the ranks? Are they starting red and working their way through purple? Yeah, they rise. They're, they're ultraviolet? Yeah. You looked at the Wikipedia page? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've got a plus four science, so I just did it. Like, there are these... Bees, robo, not robo bees, organic bees, uh, and this garden. It means that whatever the system is has like leakage. It's permeable, and so the the question that comes from, uh, that comes in next is well, there if you notice it when there's one place where like we had 143 different cups, and one of them is different. But if you were to like figure out a plan to get those bees into all of the vents and everybody changed their formula, what would the computer do if there was a base-level systematic change that would create a new dominance? Tune into Episode 3 to find out what happens next to our intrepid troubleshooters. Join our reluctant adventurers as they get to the bottom of the expanding mystery. Join a hedonistic party of naked clones and navigate lakes and rivers of orange-brown soup. So long from The Computer Is Your Redacted. And remember, fun is mandatory. The Computer Is Your Redacted was created as part of the algorithmic culture programming at the Goethe Institute Toronto in partnership with Ukai Projects and Ferment AI. 
Direction and Gameplay by Gerald McGrath. The Computer is Your Redacted is produced by Brainchild Podcasts, which is Max Cotter and Alita DeRoche. Original music composed and performed by Castle If, a.k.a. Jess Forrest. The voice of the computer provided by Jess Gerd. Links to all of the wonderful people involved in this podcast are included in the notes that follow. The game Paranoia is under license to Mongoose Publishing. If you'd like to hear more, please let us know.